Yeah, I think uh, every every time I'm on a podcast, I talk about music, so it's a nice change of pace. Yeah, hopefully this will be fun. Welcome to 10 Out of 10, the show where we talk about things that are 10 out of 10 things. Yes, thank you um, for joining. This is 10 out of 10. I'm Joseph Maxwell, and joining me today is musician Jason Kaminsky. Thank you so much for being here, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. And your topic today is baseball, and I think we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about in terms of baseball. So I just want to get right into it, pass it off to you, and, and just ask, why do you love baseball? Why do I love baseball? I think baseball for me um, is one of those things that's been a constant throughout my entire life. Mm. Uh, similar to similar to music, um, but my my parents, um, you know, were were baseball fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather actually um, played minor league ball for a little while, so oh, cool. so he was super into baseball, and it was one of those things that just kind of got passed down to me at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And I I was so young when I was exposed to it that I probably couldn't even tell you what it was that made me love it, but it has not, you know, wavered at all since, you know, I was three or four years old. Yeah. Um, Did you like start by playing or start by watching? Like what was the first thing that you did? Um, It was probably both. I I would say um, for as young as I was watching was probably the first exposure. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I can, I can recall being able to kind of catch and throw a ball at a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I started, you know, with T-ball at whatever age it was that you could start. Yeah. Um, so I played growing up, um, you know, I even played, um, into my adult years, uh, with, uh, a wooden bat team in Cleveland. So, oh, cool. Yeah. I was going to, uh, sorry, I was going to ask. So I, did you grow up in Cleveland? Um, outside of Cleveland, Elyria mm-hmm. is where I've kind of been my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think at least because I, I grew up kind of around here, too, at least in my teen years. And it definitely feels like a baseball city for sure. Um, I know I played baseball, too, when I was a kid, but I was never very good at it. Were you good at it as a kid? Um. I mean, I guess that's a relative term. Yeah, I, I would say I probably was good. I, I don't like to toot my own horn in that regard, but sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I played important positions on the field. You know, I had been on all-star teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it, as far as athletics go, uh, basketball was probably my, my better sport in mm. terms of skill. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got better at baseball, like, much older kind kind of even like post high school where Hmm. um i was able to kind of use my knowledge of the game and apply it to how i played rather than kind of just being more of a sandlot player growing Mm -hmm. up interesting yeah i think i i kind of peaked in eighth grade or seventh grade i was actually pretty good at hitting and i think there was just like the year after that kids started being better at pitching and i just couldn't couldn't keep up um but did you did you play like on your high school team yeah. Um, I, well, I did, I played, uh, on my high school team one season. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I was kind of fully engulfed in basketball gotcha. in like junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so baseball to me at that time, even though I was really into it, um, it, it was, it was for me, it was kind of like, I was okay with it just being a summer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, like you were talking about being a good hitter. That was like always my weakness was, was mm. hitting. I was, I was a better pitcher and fielder than I was a hitter. Nice. Um, so it wasn't until, yeah, it wasn't until I, I kind of, I guess developed and, and, you know, had more uh, knowledge of how to apply the skill that I really um, dove into, uh, you know, playing it more often. Yeah. What was your favorite position to play? If you had a go-to favorite. Uh, I, I, I was a shortstop mostly. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, nice. I, that was really, I, I played shortstop and pitcher for the most part. Uh, there were a couple seasons where, uh, 
I was one of the younger guys on the team and they moved me to second base. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that was usually, usually my positions. Yeah. I, when I was like young, young, when no one was really too good and I was, I don't know, like eight, I would play shortstop and I was excited about it. But because uh, I when I played, I ended up playing like one season JV in high school. I was the worst, l- like literally the worst kid on the team, only played right field, never even got put in when like I, I had one good game. But that was about it for me. But it's still like I still love the game. Like I, I kind of want to get back into like playing softball or something like how do you you said you you've played kind of as an adult. How has that been different from when you played as a kid? I know you mentioned like knowing more about the game and stuff, but any, any other key differences? Um, playing with a wooden bat. I mean, that, mm. that was a, a big transition. Cause you know, growing up, you use the aluminum uh, mm-hmm. bats. Um, I, I felt, I actually felt like that sort of uh, neutralized the game for me to the mm. point where, um, you know, I, I knew, I knew what my strengths and weaknesses were. And I was able to, to kind of, um, I guess, try, try to play off the strengths a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's a th- in my mind, it's, a, it, it's really a thinking game where um, you can really gain an edge uh, mentally in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that you can't in other sports too, but it's hard to explain, but there, I just felt like, uh, I was able to, like I said, take advantage of my strengths a little bit more and not let the weaknesses, um, get in the way. Yeah. And I think also, um, like you mentioned softball, Mm -hmm. I think the adult baseball leagues were, were very much like a softball atmosphere. It was more, Mm -hmm. it was more for the, the, the people that, um, you know, loved playing the game and it was a fun kind of hobby, I guess, mm-hmm. but also we're not ready to give up that the, the hardball aspect of, of the game. Yeah. I think in my case, I probably, if I were to get back into it, I would probably go softball because the hardball is the, that's what I didn't like about it. I got hit in the face far too often. Um, <laughs> it, it's, but it was always, it was always, uh, you know, fun in its own way. Um, but have you, have you played softball or, or, or more just the um, wooden bat baseball? Yeah, I, I played um, a season uh, on a team and the transition was, I don't know, it was difficult for me. You know, mm. it was like the pace of the game was different. The ball is obviously much larger. Um, yeah. So I didn't feel comfortable on the infield, you know, because the, <laughs> the field's smaller yeah. So yeah, I, I like switched to the outfield uh, mm-hmm. during that year. I just didn't enjoy it. I guess I didn't enjoy it as much as I did baseball. And then the opportunity uh, came about to play in uh, the Cleveland Woodbat League. And I think the the varying levels of skill. Some teams in that league were, you know, took it very seriously. Some yeah. of them were like former college or minor league players. But wow, you know, a buck of the teams were like us, where we were just maybe played in high school and just some friends that wanted to get together on the weekends and Mm -hmm. do this thing. Yeah. That's such an interesting thing about it um, is like, it's a game that you can play just for fun, but you can also play it at like a really high level. So like the level of competition competitiveness can be really interesting. I know, like, I think that's why I ended up being really bad at baseball was that psychological aspect. Like when I'd go up to bat, I just, froze all the time and like I, I was just so scared the whole time I think that like like what you were saying it's definitely a a thinking game for sure yeah and sometimes you can overthink it <laughs> <laughs> and that's all yeah that's all I did I was constantly overthinking it um, and then I would overthink my overthinking and try to stop thinking but that was just another layer <laughs> of thinking so it, it never never really works um, but I'm wondering like from as a kid, do you have any like specific notable memories of watching or playing either good or bad? Um, yeah, I, I think for me, maybe the, the memories that, that stand out more for me are, you know, the, the more sentimental ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I went to my first games with my dad um, when the old Cleveland stadium was still in existence. Yeah. So I was like a young kid when, when, uh, you know, the team was not very good. And then mm-hmm. before the nineties, uh, you know, 
Yeah, it was, and then it was, it was a nice, I was kind of, in my opinion, at the perfect age when, you know, we started winning mm-hmm. um, and they moved into the new park and, mm-hmm. um, you know, my dad was a part of a, a big uh, season ticket group. So we were always able to, to go to like three or four games a season nice. and, you know, the Browns had left at that time mm-hmm. and, it, you know, it was, it was exciting. So that, that really stands out because. I'm not sure we'll ever ever have that sort of feeling again because of the fact that, you know, the Cavs weren't good, the Browns were gone, and there was just, you know, it had been 50 years, you know, <laughs> since baseball meant anything in Cleveland. So that was fun. Yeah. yeah. And then I think playing wise, it 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 was more um, getting together with neighborhood friends. I lived right across the street from a, a little league complex, so mm-hmm. I was always at the fields playing. Nice. Um, and we had like backyard games and stuff. So yeah, th- those are the memories that stand out to me. Yeah, that sounds fun. I think like a lot of my memories are of, well, I definitely remember like the 2016 World Series because that's like, that's like the height of my involvement in baseball, I think was like that season. Because um, it was, you know, it was very special until until it wasn't. Um, that, but... <laughs> that they lost on my birthday that, that was that your birthday on my birthday yeah oh, that, my I, that's so tragic <laughs> it would have been such yeah, a good so birthday. excited and then so disappointed <laughs> uh yeah that is like probably the the thing i remember the most is that that rajay davis home run in the whatever the bottom of the seventh or whenever it was that was like the i screamed so loud i was watching it just alone in my apartment um but it was like the most excited I'd ever been. And then of course they went on to lose, unfortunately, but still, I mean, that was, that was pretty exciting until it, <laughs> until it was over. <laughs> yeah. The darn rain delay. Yeah. yeah. Rajay Davis will forever be a hero in Cleveland though. I think that, yeah. was, that was amazing. That, that was like absolutely incredible. Um, so I, you mentioned, you know, going to games, um, do you have any idea how many games you've attended over like your whole life? I, that's a hard thing to estimate, but I'm curious just to get a, a ballpark, if you will. Wow. Yeah, I, that's that's a good question, because it's something that I truly have never really thought about. It's mm-hmm. tough to say because I did I did work at Jacobs Field for two seasons. Yeah. So, you know, it, I, I guess some of those games I, I was there working and not able to watch, but mm-hmm. some of them I was in view interesting Um, and i've gone to a lot of like ballparks in other cities too oh cool if i had to man if i had to guess (laughs) i mean it's probably it's probably in the 500 wow range wow maybe that's a lot i mean even anything above 100 would i would have you would have gotten the surprise reaction for me just because that's oh i mean that's a lot. I think I, cause I've probably been to, I would go to usually a couple games a year. So I'm probably at like a couple dozen or something. So that's impressive. That's a good, a good chunk, good chunk of your life at, at ball games. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, uh, you know, and if, if you cut away even major league games, like just going mm. to, you know, I, I don't know. Major League games, though, I would say it's got to be between 300 and 500, somewhere in there. Yeah. Wow. Um, how like have you gone to a lot of minor league games, too? I know like the captains are around here and I always love like I honestly sometimes enjoy minor league games more because it's just such a chill atmosphere. What do you think about about the minor leagues aspect? Yeah, it's fun. Um, I know the the Crushers play in Avon, which is real close to where I live. So I've mm. gone to a lot of those games. Um, and Akron, I've I've been to some Akron games in Toledo as well. Nice. Those are probably the the three like minor league parks I've been to the most. Mm-hmm. Those are fun. Uh, what's so when you're going to a game? Um, what are your some of your favorite aspects of that experience other than watching baseball like you know you got the food you got the atmosphere the other fans like what 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 kind of stuff do you like about being in that environment yeah uh i love ballpark food I yeah like, i mean it's the overpriced aspect of it is is not so so great but yeah just the yeah just the uh you know to have a, a cold beer and some nachos 
Mm-hmm. And I love day games too, you know, cause yeah. it's summertime. And I think that the, the, the part of it that the game takes place, uh, you know, when the weather is, is really nice, mm-hmm. you know, it's an excuse to, to be outside. Yeah. Um, and I, I think given the, the context of this year, the crowd probably is uh, something that I'd be nostalgic about you yeah. know, more so now than maybe in, in past years. Definitely. Yeah. I think that like, I remember I was at one game, I think it was 2017, maybe it was like, it was a playoff game against the Yankees and the Indians were down by like five runs. And then Francisco Lindor hit a grand slam off the foul pole. And like, I cannot, tell you what it was like to be in a stadium with that many people just like losing their minds completely losing their minds it was like one of the greatest moments of shared exhilaration that i've ever experienced have you had any fun like have you been to any playoff games or you've seen things like that uh funny enough <laughs> if you watch the video of that home run that you just described yeah <laughs> i am directly above the foul pole with my arms raised really? in the air oh my god yeah my dad and i were my dad and i were at that game we had like nosebleed seats wow um he went to the bathroom and missed it oh and so oh. i'm kind of like standing yeah i'm like just above the foul pole so that game that game i was uh i was there but I've been to, yeah, I've been to a few uh, playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the two that stand out the most for me, um, the first playoff game that I went to was in 97 when they were on their way to the World Series. Yeah, They played uh, Baltimore in the championship series, mm-hmm. um, American League championship series. And they had a walk-off win that was real exciting. Wow. And I remember um, the alleyway behind the scoreboard it was just lined with people giving each other high fives because yeah. it had like traffic going both ways so that was pretty incredible you know yeah to be like i don't know i was like 12 or something <laughs> like that wow and then uh the, the most exciting game was i think it would have been 2007 when they played the yankees and it was the midge the bugs were flying oh, all around the players yeah. and yeah and <laughs> We had an exciting walk-off win there too. So yeah, that was yeah, that was cool. Yeah, there's nothing like that. Nothing like being with a big group of people. Yeah, I remember after that the game um, with that uh, or the uh, grand slam off the foul pole. Like just after the game, walking around, I think I think we ended up going to Taco Bell Cantina just because we were downtown. And it was, that was like the thing we wanted to do. But like everyone, all like everyone we saw was just going nuts after the game. It was it was so fun. Yeah, um, the atmosphere is unique. <laughs> Whenever a Cleveland team wins, it's people just lose their minds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a special thing for <laughs> it's Cleveland, I think, is is such a sports city that has had such, such little sports success. So it's so interesting. Like I went to school in Boston, which is like I, another huge sports city, but a city that has been completely spoiled by success, like in all of the four major sports, like a ridiculous amount. Um, and it's just a very different experience in Cleveland because they're, you know, when the Pats win the Super Bowl, it's like, oh, the Pats won the Super Bowl again. You know, it's it's not really the same weight as it has in Cleveland. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, like there there's stories of, you know, living and dying with the Red Sox, but it's true. You hear people who have been around Boston for that long that have experienced the winning too much to the point where, you know, the, the town has kind of lost its, its uh, badge of honor as, yeah. as a uh, loyal sports town, you know, that they've, you're exactly right. You hit on the head <laughs> with them being spoiled by success. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. Cause my, my whole mom's side of the family is from Massachusetts. So like all of them are just so insufferable when it comes to talking about sports. Uh, it's just it's too much but I, I do love like I do love Fenway Park is a is a special special place but you know for sure um, do yeah. you have I, you mentioned you've been to a few ballparks do you have like a, a favorite other than maybe you know Jacobs Field yeah um, you know and I miss the old Cleveland ballpark too mm-hmm. uh, it was you know a lot of people refer to it as a dump but <laughs> I guess being there you know my first experience it, it was special to me um, yeah. I got to go to the last game as well so i have a memory from that but that's great uh, i think i i'm a big fan of the older ballparks uh, mm-hmm. i've been to fenway i've been to wrigley you know nice. 
Wrigley, I, I always listed Wrigley as my favorite, but I know a lot of the changes that have taken place have kind of um, removed some of the, the, you know, luster of the place. Yeah. So I haven't been inside the park since they put like the new video boards and stuff, but mm. Um, you know, that one was one that I really liked in uh, the old uh, the old Tiger Stadium that mm. uh, they left in, I think, 99 was their last year there. Mm. I really liked that park, too. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good. I mean, something about a ballpark. It, it's just so big and and it's it's interesting because I feel like at a baseball game, there's more time to just kind of chill than like a lot of other games like basketball or, or football. So I, I feel like the park aspect is, is, is so, is so important because you're going to be sitting there for a while and you're not always going to be watching something interesting happen or, or, you know, action wise, I guess. (laughs) For sure. I, I think, um, you know, ballparks are a big appeal to, for me, like on why baseball is special to me as well, because Mm -hmm. if you go to a basketball arena or football stadium, you know, the fields are identical, so there's not a whole lot that yeah. kind of sets it apart yeah. and gives it something special. So mm-hmm. that's a really good point. Like if you're batting against the green monster, it's going to be a very different experience. Like you can hit the ball in the exact same way and it's going to, you know, have a very different outcome. Exactly. Which It's it's uh, it's a special thing for sure. And I think I also like the aspect of um you can be a casual fan at a baseball game and have, I think more fun than if you're a casual fan at a basketball game, just because the, like, I know my girlfriend, um, she doesn't really care about baseball, but she's really excited to go to a baseball game just because it's fun to be like in that environment more than other sports, I think. Yeah. I like um, a lot of the more modern parks that have tried to, uh, I always call it Jacob's field, you know, it's a progressive field now, yeah. but, you know, it'll always be the Jake to me, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were, they were uh, that park when it was built was kind of a part of a trend where they were, you know, making uh, modern parks with, uh, you know, a tip of the cap to the older uh, mm-hmm. traditional parks. But I think, um, and, and I, the park in San Diego, uh, when they got rid of like the center field area of, progressive field and kind of redid that and put the bar in right field it's mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the park in san diego where there's a lot mm-hmm. of walking space yeah and i think a lot of those parks are, are uh cleveland does it great um mm-hmm. they, they give you the ability to kind of get up and move around and, and see the game in in different aspects and experience things while still you know being attached to the action where yeah again you can't really do that in like a, a big football stadium or a basketball arena it's hard to to leave your seat and still be able to be a part of the action. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's definitely a lot of a lot of room in those in those parks. Um, and so we've been talking a little bit about, you know, some other sports. So I'm curious what about baseball specifically? Like I know you, you played basketball in, in school and stuff. Why did you want to talk about baseball instead of uh, any of the other sports? If you if you have a reason. <laughs> Yeah, I think baseball is just the one that that I that I love. Again, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure why. You know, I, <laughs> I watch football, I watch basketball, but I don't. I'm not as attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I really I care about the Browns, and then then that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they're if they're not having a good season, I tend to drift away from paying attention. Yeah. Um, but I think I think history, the the history aspect of it as well. I'm, yeah. I'm just into the stats, and you know the the different era of players and Mm -hmm. the way that you kind of attach and compare and, you know, all through the different timeframes and all that, you know, I read books and watch movies about baseball. I don't know. There's just the whole pop culture aspect of it, I guess, appeals to me for whatever reason. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you mentioned like the different eras because I mean, baseball has such a unique and expansive history. Do you have a favorite? I mean, I know you weren't alive in like the 1940s or 50s or whatever, but do you have a favorite era of baseball just from watching documentaries or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the 50s to me are probably the, the most interesting mm-hmm. because of how much the game changed in just a span of like 12 years or so mm. from the time, you know, Jackie Robinson broke color barrier, you know, um, 
And even though the Yankees kind of dominated much of the fifties, you started to see some other teams rise to the top. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the shift in the way teams were being built affected what was going to happen in the Mm sixties. Because I think nowadays, you know, teams are built around the home run, you know, you're you're just, you're trying to to drive in runs, you know, at at any point in a batting order. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't always like that. Hmm. But I think a lot of the success that you see teams have in like the sixties and seventies influences the way, you know, teams are built in the nineties and even today. Yeah. That's really interesting to think about how, I mean, obviously the game has evolved quite a bit since it's, since it started. Um, another thing I definitely wanted to touch on, cause you, you mentioned kind of the, the pop culture around baseball, um, and you said you like watching baseball movies. Do you have any any favorites? Like, what are your go to baseball movies? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's a few. There's a few. I think uh, for in 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 terms of like historical documentaries, mm-hmm. you can't beat Ken Burns baseball. I think yeah. Even for a casual fan, I think that's a good place to start to kind of learn a quick overview of the history. Mm-hmm. Um, but actual movies. Um, my favorite is Field of Dreams. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's just something magical about that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major League is, is of course, a favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a big right. fan of, of a movie called Eight Men Out, which hmm. is the about the 1919 White Sox uh, throwing the World Series. Um, yeah. I like the way that's done. Uh, I think they do a good job of capturing uh, the truth and kind of the, the stories behind behind it mm-hmm. um interesting sandlot love it that's that's yeah. one sandlot's a favorite of mine yeah i i grew up with the sandlot big time that was like my definitely my well i mean that was one of my favorite movies regardless like not not my favorite baseball movie but one of my favorite movies at all i think it's so interesting because uh and i was talking about this like with the christmas episode of this podcast but the sandlot's a similar thing where it's a it's a movie about nostalgia and I'm nostalgic for like the nineties when that came out, you know, it's, so it's like, it's that interesting multiple layers of, of nostalgia. Um, but yeah, I, I would, that's a movie I would watch like on repeat and I could probably still quote today <laughs> if I was given the opportunity to do so. <laughs> for sure. Every, every time I, I make what it, I, what I think, I was, I was going to say what I think is kind of cool about that movie is even though it centers around baseball, it also has a lot of uh, just summer. Yeah. You know, being a kid, summer break, you know, yep. a nostalgia to it as well. It's got that like stand by me energy and just like kids kind of. Yeah. I, well, I was going to say is every time I every single time I make a s'more, I can't not think like when the Malo's flame and you stick the, like <laughs> it's it comes to my head every single time. It's so funny killing me smalls (laughs) yeah it's it's i just i love how he has that hat that has that really long brim as a kid i thought that was like a normal thing like i was like oh he must that's like a hat that i'll see in my everyday life at some point but i've never seen anyone with a hat like that (laughs) yeah baby ruthie it's a classic um and i also wanted to talk about um kind of what teams you follow i know you know cleveland i assume but are there any other teams that you kind of um follow when it comes to the the season and the postseason um not like extensively um but i've always i've always kind of had like an american league well obviously cleveland's the american league team but yeah um Kind of to kind of draw my attention to the other league too. I usually have a National League team. For a long time, it was the Cubs, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> not anymore. That, that changed. Actually, changed, that yeah. That <laughs> the nail in the coffin was 2016, but it had started to change before that. Kind of when you know the team started to really overpay for players and mm. you know put change in the ballpark. Like I don't know. It was just it was just a gradual uh, shift where I just went from them being my favorite national league team to like almost hating them. I, mm-hmm. I think 2016 plays a part in that too, but yeah. Uh, now I'm, I, I, I like the San Diego Padres. Nice. Um, I like, I like uh, that they're on the West coast. Uh, they have a cool ballpark and 
they're kind of building, you know, building their team around youth, which, which I think is, uh, you know, the traditional way to build mm-hmm. a baseball team mm-hmm. rather than spend all the money that you can, you know, yeah. like the Yankees do. Yep. Yep. That's funny. I definitely grew up like having, not knowing anything, but knowing that I'm supposed to hate the Yankees because they had so much money. It's just a, it's like a, yeah. a thing, I think. Um, and I mean, I have not really been following Cleveland baseball as much since probably the last two years, like, you know, 2016, I was following them 2017, definitely. And then I kind of like stopped. I don't know what it was, but um, how, how is, how's Cleveland looking, looking for next year? Eh, They're kind of heading towards that rebuild. You know, they kind of have that formula where they'll, they'll have a, a window of opportunity and, you know, they'll build around their prospects. And when those prospects become stars, you know, they can keep them under contract for a small window. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, Francisco Lindor is a big part of that. And he's getting t- towards the end of his contract. So there's been a lot of rumors about him getting traded. And yeah, they've let some other key guys go as well. So I don't I don't think they'll be, you know, the worst team in the league, but they're definitely going to take uh, a few steps back these next few years. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if they're able to, you know, build back up sooner rather than later. I know they've got some, some guys in the minors that are highly touted, but that's also a wait and see thing. Yeah. You never know. I think they'll be fun. I mean, they've still got good pitching, so I, they'll be in games, but they just probably won't make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, that remains to be seen. We'll have to see, but I'm going to take a quick break. And we'll be back to talking baseball right after this. back jason kaminsky talking baseball and i know you mentioned before um, that you worked at jacobs field so i i'm curious to learn a little bit more about what you did there if you had any fun memories from working there if you got to meet any of the players or anything like that what was your time like at jacobs field um it had it had its ups and downs um mm. it, it was kind of one of those things that was a lot more fun when i first started and then you know i got i just got tired of it yeah um I was an usher, hmm. which means I, I did a lot of different things. Uh, you're usually assigned a section like you, you know, you show up, I don't know, three or four hours before the games, the, the gates open or whatever, mm-hmm. and they give you an assignment and you're just kind of supposed to clean off the seats and show people to their seats and mm-hmm. direct people around the ballpark. Um, and then sometimes I would, uh, before I would have to have my section duty, I would take tickets at the gates Hmm. um and then there were some sometimes you'd get stuck at an elevator or an escalator which Hmm. you know were the most boring times yeah Um, yeah so it it was it was cool the first I worked there two seasons so the first season was was fun the second season I was like yeah I'm over this yeah you know it was really just a job that I had when I was in college just to make extra money and Mm -hmm. um I did. I did get to meet some players though, because cool. the uh, break room was not far from the team clubhouses. So you'd see guys kind of walking through the tunnels to the batting cages and stuff. Nice. Um, or after the game, um, mm-hmm. you know, heading to the parking lot. I think um, the the only one uh, that I remember vividly was Jim Tomey. Mm. He was in town. I think he was playing with the White Sox at the oh, time. Cool. Um, yeah, he was a visiting player. Uh, That's interesting. But yeah. He, yeah. He, he, it was the reason why that stuck out. Obviously, you know, he, he's a hall of famer, but mm-hmm. um, he knew like there were ushers that had been working there for, you know, 30, 40 years and he knew them by name and he was just wow. really friendly wow. with them. Yeah. He was, he was uh yeah. You don't expect, you kind of hear stories, <laughs> you know, that he, he's a good guy or whatever, but you don't necessarily expect to see, a professional ball player kind of going out of their way. Yeah. You know, asking about so-and-so's family and, mm-hmm. and this and that, like, yeah. So it was, it was cool. It was a good impression. 
That's that's great. Yeah, I always wonder about like, you know, how players actually because that's something he probably didn't have to do. Like, he you can keep up a reputation for being a good guy without going out of your way, and it, it makes mm-hmm. me wonder like, like when you were an usher, were a lot of the folks you worked with like long time old old folks or was it more kids like college kids um it was yeah i think the old older generation probably was the majority um because mm-hmm. you know I, I you know i was part of that younger crew i just don't think the younger crews tends to stick around very yeah, long that makes sense you know so yeah and um you know all of my supervisors you know were were veterans um mm you know, either, either, either middle age or, or even older than that. Yeah. They were probably the average age I would say would probably be in in the fifties or sixties. Yeah. I think that kind of makes sense. Um, what was it like, did you get to watch any games? What was that like when you were working? Cause I, as I can imagine it wouldn't be super fun to like try to watch a game while you kind of have to be on the clock. Yeah. It was easier to watch when I had an upper deck section because you don't really have to show people to their exact seats there um, yeah like you do in the lower bowl you know lower bowl you you have a uh you have to kind of make sure people are in that section you got to check their tickets more often and Mm -hmm. um between innings you would have to walk down to the bottom of the section to to kind of just add extra security for you know so people don't jump on the field or whatever Mm, yeah um which was which in some cases was cool when I was around home plate because you'd go down when there were two outs and mm. you could sit in a seat and and if you know and if the if they extended the inning and they were having a rally <laughs> with two outs like you get to watch actually watch the game from the seats real close so that That's was kind of cool but yeah that sounds fun um and so another thing that I I wanted to ask you about well I know you mentioned Ken Burns the Ken Burns documentary um how did you get into that like what prompted you to watch that and like what did you what did you take from it um that actually was released the year that uh they had the baseball strike in 94 it was Mm. on pbs Mm -hmm. so i i was just a kid that stumbled upon it and i don't know i i liked it from the very get-go i like all of his documentaries though he just has a style that i enjoy yeah Um, i own you know a few different series of his on on dvd nice um but yeah that that one i don't know i'm obsessed with it i, I just put it on <laughs> just to background you know wow. like wow i don't know i just love it yeah it, oh i know i've watched um I, I didn't watch the whole jazz series but i watched like a good amount of it and it definitely i mean super super informative but also kind of like calming i don't know if that's the right word but it's it's nice yeah nice to watch that's that's a good way to describe it the his latest on country music was really good as well cool yeah my problem with those is always that it's just too big of an undertaking for me or like my dad got me he he did the the vietnam war one right yeah yeah my dad he was involved with it i i'm pretty sure that was ken burns i'm not a thousand percent sure but um it's you know 10 parts like ends up being like 30 hours or something um and i wanted to watch it but i just i am too intimidated by it it's it's too many too many parts <laughs> i i think they take uh multiple viewings before they truly sink in as hmm. well <laughs> do you like that aspect that it's like kind of long and it it's just full of information uh yeah i do i i think um it, it can be mundane i get it i think <laughs> some people love it some people hate it i like learning um i like learning from it but like i said i think it's more of that it's just something i can throw on you know when i'm working on something on the computer you know it's it's like having music on in the background i don't know it has that same effect to me Mm -hmm. where i don't have to necessarily like study it and pay attention to it Mm -hmm. um i just like to have it on uh and and i think I can't think of any, any series that he did like that, where I continuously watched it. Like Mm -hmm. I know that originally was released in nine parts and I know that I watched them, but it wasn't like consecutively. And Mm -hmm. I think I went out of order. Mm -hmm. Um, But his more recent ones that he's done uh, like the prohibition one was one that I liked. 
were only like three parts. So it was easier mm -hmm. to kind of watch those in, in a, in a more consecutive, you know, one sitting sort of deal where, yeah, you know, it didn't consume, you know, like a month of my time. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it can take up a good amount of time for sure. Um, another thing that I imagine might take up a good amount of time, but I'm not sure because I don't really know what this is. You mentioned that you are part of a strato Matic league, something like D and D for baseball using old rosters. I don't even know <laughs> where to begin. Cause I don't know what this means, but can you just explain what you're talking about with that? I'm very curious. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is the, this is the part of the show where everybody takes a nap. Everybody <laughs> to sleep with the details of this laborious activity, uh, but no, let's stratomatic uh, stratomatic baseball was originally uh, a board game. I think mm. it came out in like the sixties, something mm -hmm. like that. It was a board game that would you'd have cards of players, so you'd like build your team, and the then you'd roll uh, you'd, you'd roll uh, dice, and the whatever the numbers were on the dice would match to a result on the player's card based on mm -hmm. like their statistical you know likelihood. Cool. So it, yeah, it's all with numbers and percentages. Yeah, it sounds um, similar to D and D the, in that in that regard. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and. And I know I've never played the board game personally, but I know people who have, and they, they, it takes up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, the league that we do is, is uh, the computer version of that. Mm. So it's still using the simulation and it's still based on statistical, you know, percentage outcomes, mm -hmm. um, but it's all retired players. So, cool. you know, there's like, there's 10 of us in the league and we all have our own team. And we build the team like they were going to actually play. It's not like fantasy baseball where you're like waiting for the outcome to see how you do. Yeah. You know, your teams play each other. And mm -hmm. um, that's it, cool. I think it's easier. I think it's easier to build uh, when you're using retired players because their careers are over. You already know how they are and how they yeah. do. So, yeah. It tends to be a little more true to what would happen, but. Mm -hmm. yeah it's it, it's quite a lot and uh i think it takes a very specific person to want to be a part of it because <laughs> i have plenty of friends who are baseball fans that are like nah that doesn't sound like something i'd be into yeah so is it from like retired players from all eras or is it do you like specify who you can what pool you can choose from um it is it is uh retired players from all eras and uh the game, the game actually uh, came out with a statistical roster of uh, Negro League players. Mm. So that's incorporated into it. Cool. So, it, you know, so and it's kind of funny because the Major League Baseball this year just announced that they were going to incorporate Negro League statistics into mm -hmm. Major League statistics so that, you know, those players that didn't get a chance uh, will be represented on all-time lists of like home runs and yeah. batting average and that cool and you know and we've kind of had that incorporation for uh, probably close to 10 years now mm. um so cool to kind of see you know how how, how you know teams and, and and players uh you know result with you know even though it's not really happening it, you know it does take into effect the the comparison between the two yeah that statistics stuff is so interesting like all the the money ball aspect of like how you can figure out how a player's going to do based on how they've done in the past or like different matchups and stuff. So interesting. I'm curious to hear like who is on your roster. I don't know if I'd know many of the names because I'm not super familiar with, you know, old time baseball, but um, do you have any, any, any folks on your roster that I'd know? Yeah. The centerpiece of my team is Joe DiMaggio, Joe oh, DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. I have them. I have both of them. They're like the middle of my order. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I only, it's funny. I think that's <laughs> the only, like I know Joe DiMaggio more from Seinfeld than from anything else. That's like my main reference yeah. point for Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> He's a dunker. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It, it's kind of, it is cool um, to be able to, to choose from that, like all of the eras and, you know, cause all the teams, all 10 teams do have, you know, Hall of Fame superstars that you'd know because of how big the pool is that, that yeah. you draft from. Cool. And how are, how are you, like, how does the season run? Does it run 
like how long does it does it last um it, it's like a a regular season it starts okay. in april it ends in september and then you know there's there's playoffs um you know that go into october uh, there's an all-star game in, in the middle of the year wow. it, it's it's all you know it and it's all translated through box scores mm-hmm. so it'd be like you know reading the paper um about the games that are happening in real life mm-hmm. to keep track of what's happening yeah um, injuries and fatigue and like it factors everything in wow that is another thing i i really appreciate about baseball is like you can look at a box score and know like every single thing that happened it's it's much harder to do that in a lot of other sports but you can know like you know exactly where the ball was at all times which is cool yeah it is wild so how how have you done have you done like well in this stratomatic league yeah i i i'm pretty good at it which is nice. probably why i'm so into it yeah um, i think uh, the the league the league was started in 2005 mm. um i didn't join until 2007 mm. and i've been running it since uh like uh, 2011 wow so it's got a long history and i out of all of those years I've, I've won seven championships so it's pretty good not bad <laughs> yeah I've done, I've done pretty well um but i also uh i also try to pass on that knowledge to you know to other uh people that are in the league um mm-hmm. you know I, i'm totally willing to you know to share everything i can share you know that that people are willing to to listen to you know because i want the league to to thrive Mm -hmm. not just myself yeah i'm curious like do are there trades do you make moves like during the season like like what can you do um throughout the season to like like what are you actually doing when you're when you're playing yeah i think um it's you can be as hands-on or hands-off as you want to be because really all it requires you to do is uh, we all have a roster of 40 players like they would in the major leagues and you mm-hmm. make 25 of them active at a mm-hmm. time. So you can kind of set your pitching rotation and your, your lineups. Um, and then you can kind of leave it be from then on, uh, mm-hmm. or you can tinker with it and move guys up and down um, mm-hmm. as much as you want. Trades happen. Um, I think trades are probably there. There's like a trade deadline in the season, like there would be in real season. And that's kind of when the action happens with that, because all of the teams kind of have enough stars where it's not really, you know, big moves that are being made Yeah. Um, during the year. Uh, I think um, in the, like right now, like our draft takes place around this time of year through email Sometimes you'll see like draft picks and, and things being moved around um, hmm. with that. But yeah, like some, some, some of the owners are are really active with like swapping guys in and out. And some, you know, I don't hear from, you know, I hear from them in the beginning of the year and not until, you know, the end of the season. So it's interesting. It's really just up to them mm-hmm. and it's free. Like we're not playing for money or anything. So it's really just the enjoyment that, that we all have for the game. Yeah. It sounds fun. Like, I like the idea of, of thinking in those ways, like the strategy of it, of like who you're going to play and, and all that interesting stuff. Did you ever do any like fantasy baseball, like the other type? I've, I've never played any fantasy sports, so I don't really know about them, but did you ever get into that? Um, I was more into fantasy football on a yearly basis. Um, mm. I tried fantasy baseball. I didn't really like it. Um, and really, I'm, I'm not really into – I didn't have any fantasy football leagues this year. Fantasy fantasy leagues have kind of lost their – I've lost interest in them. Yeah. They seem to be out of the cultural consciousness as well, like from what I've seen. They're not – I don't hear about them as much as I did like 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I think a part of that is just the way the game the game has changed where it, it's harder to just be like, yeah, this guy's a superstar and he's going to produce – like it takes too much work to be good at it anymore. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just not interested in that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely uh, a lot of work. Speaking of work, kind of – um, I know you, you've been playing some baseball in, in your adult life. Have you ever thought about coaching any like at the like younger kid level or at high school level or anything like that? Um, I coached uh, JV base high school baseball at, uh, for one season. Mm, okay. I was an assistant. I was an assistant coach. Um, nice. Didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't for me. That's fair. 
That's fair. It's a whole, I mean, yeah, loving the game and coaching the game are two very different, different things. I, th- I think if I had had a better coach when I was in high school and played, I would have had much, much different experience. It can go a long way for sure. Another question I wanted to ask, um, so we talked about kind of watching the game live, um, but have you ever, do you ever listen to the games on the radio or um, like watching on TV? What are your thoughts on, on those, the differences between those? Yeah, I enjoy listening to games on the radio. Um, you know, obviously if I'm driving somewhere, it, it, I can, you know, throw it out in the car. Um, but sometimes, uh, like I'll just, I got a radio out in my garage mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll just sit out there on a summer night and, and listen to games, you know, so that I'm outside and, and not in the house watching TV. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy both. I like mm-hmm. the differences. I like that. Um, although i guess it's changing nowadays but (laughs) television i feel like they they actually talk too much yeah Uh, you know like they try to fill space whereas on the radio they're just specific about what's happening in the game and they don't really get into those side conversations as often yeah um which i think would be the opposite but for whatever (laughs) reason you know maybe they're television producers (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's totally true though like because when you're watching a game on the tv you don't really need to hear much you know you can kind of just you can kind of just watch the game and you know what's going on um but obviously on the radio you you very much need the audio component because otherwise you'd have no idea what's going on so that's that's very very true yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to going to a baseball game when all the pandemic stuff is over that's it's going to be like once it's safe it's going to be one of the first things I, I want to do for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the uh, process is for fans in the park, because I know, you know, fans are going to NFL and NBA games now. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I would, you know, <laughs> to me, you're calculating your risk. And, and I love baseball, but that yeah, I know. to me I... seems like an overstep. I'm not, I'm when I said when I said I'm excited to go, I didn't mean like soon i meant you know when i'm sure that it's totally safe like yeah yeah for sure yeah i i got it <laughs> just i agree to... i agree i agree yeah. with you <laughs> i just wanted to clarify make sure that no one thinks i'm gonna be out uh you know recklessly uh you know going to some sport sporting events i don't know i don't know how safe it is but i'm not i'm not gonna risk anything not worth it um and well, one one other question that I had, and this is actually the last question on my list, um, is uh, what do you think Cleveland's new mascot should be? They're getting rid of the Indians team name. Ooh. Do you have any any strong feelings on the new mascot? I don't have I don't really have strong feelings about it. Um, I, I will say I, I hope they try to tie in Cleveland baseball history in some mm. way. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not a fan of like guardians. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds too like comic book and yeah. And I don't feel, I, I feel like the baseball team can exist outside of some, you know, artistic sculpture that's in the city. It doesn't have to necessarily, <laughs> it's like them always trying to put rock and roll into yeah. logos and like, it's, yeah. it doesn't need to be that intertwined. Um, yeah. I, I like, I like the spiders. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that was not, that was a different ball club. That was a national league club that um, ended up, you know, becoming defunct when they sold all their good players to St. Louis. Hmm. Uh, but I like that that has some history to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one that, that I, uh, they talked about blues or blue socks um, mm-hmm. that has some ties as well that I like. Cool. And uh, I think one that I don't see a lot that, that I, that I did like was beacons. Oh, I haven't even heard that one. Yeah, it was it was on some Twitter tournament poll thing happened and um I liked beacons for the sense of uh the, the light beacon for, you know, being on the lakeshore. Mm-hmm. Um it has ties to like uh the underground railroad mm. and just having light at the end of a tunnel that <laughs> I I think is uh it maybe not tough to get through, but you know, you, you definitely are are bridging the gap between fan bases right now. Um, hmm. You know, 
in, in regards to a name change. Yeah. Uh, but like all things, you know, with time, you know, it'll, it'll work it out. Yeah. I just, I'm just hoping that we uh, don't lose the team. I think that's yeah. what we need to focus on is that I love having baseball in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as that is a thing, I I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. I, I, it's perplexing to me that anyone would have any other priority than, than keeping baseball in Cleveland. My, my proposal for a team name, which is kind of off the wall, but this is what I want to, I want to call the team, the Cleveland ghouls after Goulardi. Do you know, do you know Goulardi? Oh yes, I do. Goulardi. Yes. A Cleveland staple. Yeah, I think that would be sweet. I think you could get some cool logos. If you made it, you know, to October, you'd have some nice Halloween, Halloween theme stuff. I think it's, uh, I, the, you know, what's <laughs> cool about that is my, my, uh, my um, classic league team is called the Ghostmen. So it's oh. kind of, it's got a tie there. That would be, that'd be fun for me. Tie right in. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like Ghostmen on second base, like, no, oh, I I get it. If I get you didn't it. have enough, if you didn't have enough players, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I used to I used to play baseball with my dad, and it literally just be like the two of us. So everyone was a ghost except for like the two of us. Yeah, it's still still fun though. <laughs> for sure, pitcher hitter. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. That's all you really need. <laughs> all right. Well, that is the end of my list of questions. Um, it's been super fun talking to you about baseball. But anything else you want to like? sum up your feelings about baseball or anything else you want to mention about like your love of the game? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think we did a, we did a widespread cover of it. I, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, I will, I will say that uh, if there so happens to be anybody that heard about the classic league and is, you know, potentially interested, we're always looking for new teams and we've actually got a website that uh, where, you know, all of this is located Cool. So if I could plug the website. Yeah, please cool. do. Please do. It's uh, classicleague.weebly.com. Nice. Weebly is W-E-E-B-L-Y. Classicleague.weebly.com. And our whole whole thing is there. Like learn <laughs> everything you need to learn about it if you're if you're interested in it. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely gonna check it out for sure. Um and I just have two more things on my agenda here. Um, real quick, are there any other 10 out of 10 things that come to mind for you in terms of like, could be a movie or an album or a book or anything like that? I know we talked about some stuff already, like Ken Burns and, and some baseball movies, but anything else that comes to mind off the topic of baseball that you would consider a 10 out of 10 thing? That I would personally like yeah, yeah. talk about? Yeah. Sure. Um, I, well, I think... Uh, I think music, music, generally speaking, is tough. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, Elliot Smith. I'm, I'm Elliot Smith and the Beach Boys would be like hmm. two artists that I could talk, you know, extensively <laughs> about. I'm a big jazz fan. I'm mm-hmm. into that. Um, I think movie, movies, movies uh, are a big ten out of ten for me, but that's one of those things that would probably end up in more of a debate than it would be, <laughs> would be like a discussion. Do you have very um, strong feelings, like controversial opinions on movies? No, but I, no, but I think um, it just, when, I don't know, I, I guess when you talk about, when you talk about those things of like uh, what, what it is that you think's the best, mm. oftentimes, you know, you can get, you can kind of go off the rails with yeah. that, but that's, yeah, that's I think, a good point. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think for me, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm really into baseball. I'm really into music and uh, maybe food as well. So like opinions about different uh, what's, types what's, of food. What's I, your favorite I, restaurant? What's a 10 out of 10 restaurant for you? I'd be biased in saying, uh, I, it's hard for me to, to pick one. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be biased in being like, you should go to Mabel's in downtown Cleveland because one of my best <laughs> friends is is the head chef there so oh nice <laughs> I, I guess I, I probably couldn't answer that honestly um that's that's fair though <laughs> I, I you know I, and I will say I'm really bummed out that Sokolovsky's closed mm. uh, I never Cleveland I never staple. got to 
never got to go there, but I guess it's too late now. Yeah. And lastly, is there anything else? And you already plugged the the Classic League website, but I know you have a, a new album that just came out. Um, do you want to tell folks about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, Until Tomorrow is the name of the album. And I released it. Um, it's a solo album. So Jason Kaminsky is the name of my project. And uh, it was put out on Head to Wall Records. So it is available on vinyl. Um, you can go to the Head to Wall Records uh, shop, headtowallrecords.com, or uh, Jason Kaminsky Music.bandcamp is um, where I have my stuff. And streaming as well. I stream the heck out of it. I, <laughs> I just want people to hear it. So I appreciate you letting me plug it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, highly recommend for me as well. It's a really great album. Um, and I would not say that if I didn't believe it. It's yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. So definitely check that out on wherever, you know, Spotify or Jason. It's Jason Kaminsky music bandcamp. Yeah, right on there. Yeah. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for joining me to talk about baseball. This has been very fun, and I can't wait to to once everything is safe, go go to a go to a game. For sure. Thanks for having me. Yep. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>